This broadcast has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com. Well, good morning, Wesley. How are y'all? Good. Y'all are slowly learning my names. I just have about 300 to remember, so... Uh, we're glad that y'all are here. Uh, I'm continuing on uh, working my way through the book of Galatians, and it is such a powerful letter that Paul wrote to an early church, and it still echoes and speaks to our lives in powerful ways. I was, uh, I was watching the video just a moment ago. It reminded me of yesterday. We decided something fun to do since we live in Beaumont now was to head down to the beach, and uh, we tried to look at different lo- locations that we would go to, and ultimately we ended up on Sea uh, Rim Park. And uh, that's where we ended up going. And I've never been there before, so what did I do? I pulled out my phone, told Google, I want to go to Sea Rim Park. And uh, it began to lay out a path for me. And what was great was that about midway uh, between Port Arthur and where the park is, uh, it would give me an update on what to do next. Now, normally with GPS, what do you get? You get, you know, in a couple miles, turn right, turn left, turn around, stupid, you're going the wrong way, right? You get you get something like that. Uh, but about midway between Port Arthur and the park, it started telling me the same thing over and over again. It kept on saying, GPS signal lost. Now, I had painted in my kids' minds, you know, we're going to the beach, right? We loaded up, and it's like, it's going to be great. We're going to have fun. It'll be a great day. You know, we had pictures on the phone of what Sea Rim Park looks like, and of course, it's all the best ones imaginable. And, uh, and in between... Port Arthur and the park, there's what? There's refineries, there's, you know, it's, it's not very pretty, right? And so we're going there and all along the way, the signals say, keep on saying, GPS signal lost, GPS signal lost. And being the dad that I am, you know, Jesus is still working on me. It's like, oh no, it's gonna be great. Let's just keep moving and eventually we'll get there, you know, and, and sure enough, you know, thankfully they have signs all over the place and we were able to find our way, had a great time. But I, I, uh, I think that it's so important for us to pause every once in a while and think about, you know, where are we going? Uh, where is it that we're headed, not only with our own lives, but also in terms of our marriages and what we're doing with our careers and uh, parenting and, and as a church? You know, what, what is it that we want to see happen? And over and over again, I've had people ask me, you know, what is it that you want to see happen with the church? And, and it's always very clear to me, I want to see it, you know, do what it's supposed to do, which is to help people come to know the Lord and to serve Him in, in every possible way and to bring God glory. Uh, but they always want details and I always say, well, we've got a few things we've got to take care of uh, before we talk too much more about where we're headed as a church. And, and one of those things is that I want to make sure that each and every one of us has a a beautiful and wonderful firm foundation in Jesus Christ. And I know that may sound basic or uh, remedial to some of you, but but over and over again, when I've talked with people who have been part of a church, it amazes me how uncertain so many of them are about where they are in their faith. And uh, I don't think it's just a matter of the denomination that I'm a part of. I think by and by and overall, when you talk to people about how do you experience God? How do you know God? How do you know uh, where you stand with God? It, it amazes me about how many people are just kind of shaky, you know, when it comes to that. And the result of that is, as you can guess, you know, the, the rest of their life is a little unbalanced, a little uneven. Have you ever been around uh, a person that, you know, just kind of unbalanced? It's not really at a place where they're, they're firm in their faith, where they're sure of who they belong to and, and who their Savior is. It's not always something that is easy to see because we're really good at pretending. 
we're really good at dressing up in a certain way and behaving in a certain way that, you know, and looks and, and seems like it's where it's supposed to be, but on the inside, it's not. A number of years ago, I was having a conversation with a lady in one of my churches, and we lived in an area that was known for having bad foundations for their homes. Uh, it was a very sandy soil, and they, they said that there were two types of houses in that area, those that had foundation problems and those that would. And they, uh, I was talking with her about what they were doing because she said that she'd come home one day and noticed that everything was rolling off of her countertops because her kitchen had started to, to lean and slant, and it was a concrete foundation, and so you're going, how is that even possible? But that was the case for her. And so she got somebody to come out and tell her how it was gonna be fixed, and they said, well, it'll be real easy, it'll be about you know, five to $800, you'll be, you'll be good to go in a matter of hours. And she believed him, right? And, and so she got them to come out there, and I talked with her about a week later, and I was just kind of following up. I said, hey, how did it go? You know, is your house all fixed? She said, yes. I said, well, tell me more. And she said, well, they said it was going to be one truck. It turned out to be 15 trucks. They said it was $800, and, and Pastor Arlene wanted to know, you didn't know how much I spent on mud, because they had gone in and they had pumped mud underneath her house. And she said, I think we put so much mud in between my house and China that it is solid. It is solid between the two things. And she just could not believe how bad things were, how much it cost, and how long it would take in order to get things right uh, with her house. And when I, I think about uh, many people that I know, I see the same kinds of problems. You know, their life is kind of leaning and it's evident to everybody around them, but they're just kind of limping on, right? You're not anybody y'all know, right? <laughs> y'all are quiet today. Uh, that, you know, they're just not real sure about what's going to happen next. They don't know what's going to be uh, coming around the corner, and they're, they're just fearful about all those things. And, and that's not who we're meant to be. And, and more than that, uh, when people do have a firm foundation in Christ, sometimes you'll see them kind of drift away from it, Right? that people who grew up in church or maybe they at one time or another were part of a worshiping community and, and they just kind of drift off. They just kind of fade away. Uh, at one point, they were, you know, you thought they were going to be strong Christians the rest of their days and then something changes in their life, relationship changes, work changes, something happens, they get mad at somebody and they just kind of drift away from the foundation that they had. And so I really, I really believe that those are two things that, that you and I can see change in the lives of people because of Jesus Christ, that I believe very, very clearly that we are to know very surely that we are a people who belong to God, that we have a, a strong faith, and that it's something that's supposed to be uh, accomplished over a lifetime, that the rest of our days on this world are meant to be able to grow closer to God and to know God more deeply and to de develop our faith in a powerful way, and yet... Sometimes we don't always know how that can happen. And so I want to share with you a passage. Uh, thankfully, we're not the first people to ask this question. So share with you a passage from the book of Galatians. If you got your Bible, you can follow along. It's Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. It says uh, this. It says, you irrational Galatians, who put a spell on you? Jesus Christ was put on display as crucified before your eyes. I just want you to know this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so irrational after you started with the Spirit? Are you now finishing up with your own human effort? Did you experience so much for nothing? I wonder if it really was for nothing. 
So does the one providing you with the Spirit and working miracles among you do this by you doing the works of the law or by you believing what you heard? So that's the passage that we're going to look at, and let's uh, just take a quick moment to pray. Heavenly Father, it is uh, by your word and by your spirit that we can know more of you and be assured of our salvation and our uh, growing in you. We pray and ask that you would use these words today to speak into our hearts and our lives, to draw us closer to you, and all these things we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And so it's a, a wonderful passage, and what's noticeable early on is that Paul's not really happy with how things are going with the Galatian people. And he starts off with, you irrational Galatians. Other translations, it says foolish. Um, You could say also, is this, you know, you mindless people, you absent-minded people. Uh, What are you doing? You know, he's not happy with them at all. And he says, who put a spell on you? Uh, And then he goes on. He says, Jesus Christ was put on display as crucified before your eyes. And so we're right there at this place in the passage, and we can just pause for a moment and say, what is Paul getting at? He's saying, you you knew who Jesus was. And we're not real clear on whether or not Paul is saying his words painted such a powerful image of Jesus Christ that they felt like Jesus was really there, or if he's saying that, you know, it was like Jesus was present in that room, in that moment, in that time when they first met him. Whatever the case, Jesus became real to these people that they went from people that had heard about who Jesus was to people who felt like they really knew who Jesus Christ was. That all of a sudden, it had just become evident of, of why it mattered so much that Jesus was crucified, what he had done for them. And over and over again, when you read through this passage, you say, see Paul saying, and that is what is so important. You know, that's the very power of God working in people's lives that they become to see and say, this is who the Savior is. This is my redemption. This is my salvation. It's all based on what Jesus Christ has done for us upon the cross. And you say, well, what is the the best foundation for a life? What is the best way for us to say, this is what I'm anchored in. This is what I believe to be true down in the deepest parts of my being is to say that Jesus Christ was crucified for our salvation, that my sins were wiped away by his blood, that I can have eternal life through him because of what God has done for me in Jesus Christ. And he says over and over again, that is what frees us, that's what heals us, that's what brings us redemption. And so when Paul says, you know, why is it that that you've forgotten that? He's saying, I made it so clear, I made it so evident that that is what was important, was Jesus Christ crucified and risen. And he goes on, and he asks a difficult question. He says, I just want to know this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or believing what you had heard? When he's asking the simple question of, did you see God do powerful things? Did you see God do miraculous things? Did you experience a a peace that passes all understanding in your life? Did you have the joy of your salvation be awakened? Did you become happy about the life that you have been given? He said, "Did, did all that happen because of you following the laws, obeying the rules, learning the Methodist handshake, and knowing what to bring to a potluck? Or did God do something in your life? And he's saying it wasn't about how you showed up or what you wore or or anything like that. It was that, that God had, in fact, done something great in your life. You know, and all the way back to Wesley, your heart was strangely warmed or 
You know, I've heard people talk about the Spirit falling upon their life, and it's like water falling upon them. There was one uh, theologian named uh, Gustav Gonzalez, and he said one lady in his village talked about salvation and experiencing Jesus Christ. She said, Jesus Christ, your love is like the, the juice from a ripe honeydew. You probably don't use those words in Beaumont, right? But you, you get what I'm saying. You know, it was sweet. It was flavorful. It was, it was just amazing. And he said, did, did all that happen because you, you did the right things or you achieved something or your, your bank account hit a certain number? Or was it because of what God had done for you in Jesus Christ? And he goes on, he says, um, are you so irrational after you've started with the Spirit? Are you now finishing up with your own human effort? Did you experience so much for nothing? I wonder if it really was for nothing. So does the one providing you with the Spirit and working miracles among you do this by your own doing, the works of the law, or by you believing what you heard? And it's, uh, it's kind of difficult to translate that last part because it's either that these people had experienced Christ because of the proclamation that was given, or it was because of how they heard it. Okay, let me, let me repeat that. That Paul is saying either the, the working of God was a result of the proclamation that was given, or it was in the way that they, they heard it. Right? And it's difficult to translate, and I think the reason it's hard to translate is because you and I both have those moments where we say, I finally and clearly heard what somebody was saying, and I received it, and I did what they told me to do. Uh, Not too long ago, I participated in something called faith walking. It's a powerful retreat, and one of the things that they wanted you to work on was listening. Have any of y'all worked on your listening skills before? Was I the only one that was terrible at it? Yeah. And that, they, you know, it was just become evident that you were terrible at listening, and they would have a little exercise that you do where you try and repeat what the person in front of you said, and then they also made you go and ask three or four people in your life, like, how am I listening? You know, and of course, my employees were like, you're great, boss. And my wife was like, you are terrible at listening. How do you know? Well, because you pay attention when I'm actually, you're actually listening. What happens when I'm not paying attention? You're on your phone. Yeah. And what is Paul pointing out? He's saying that, that when we hear the good news of Jesus Christ, when we receive it, it's going to change the way we live. It's going to change our hearts. It's going to change our behaviors. I mean, early on, I remember when I first started to follow Christ, one of the, the hallmarks of my life was I had a really bad trouble with profanity. I cussed a blue streak easily, right? My kids are here, they're going to ignore that comment, right? That this was something that was a big trouble for me, and I remember like asking and praying for God to help me with that, and He did. There was other things that I still struggle with, but it was evident that 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 had changed in my life. And Paul is saying, you know, is it because I had done something right? It was like I had, you know, hit the church bingo day, you know, whatever the case might be. No, it was because God had done something in my life, and this is exactly what Paul is pointing out. He's saying, You know, there's two things that we need for salvation, Jesus and nothing. Saying Christ alone can do the work of salvation. And then he goes on, uh, so does the one providing you with the Spirit and working miracles among you do this by you doing the works of the law or by you believing what you heard? And today, uh, when you ask the question of, well, so what? Why does this matter so much? Why is this so important? Well, 
If you're not uncertain where you are with God, or maybe you look at your life and you just see a mountain of evidence that you're not living a life that's pleasing to God, then, then let today be the day that you turn to Him and trust in Him. You know, well, what's today? July the… Y'all are not in agreement. Uh, okay, we'll go with 15. Can I get higher? 16. No. Let, let today be the day that you do, that you, that you fully trust in Him. That you say that, that my heart and my life belong to you. I, I cannot save myself. I can't do it on my own. I, I need you. I need your help. I need you to draw me closer to you. I, I need you to do what you alone can do because it is not happening by my own effort and my own works. Let today be the day. July 15th, 13th, 14th, whatever it is, <laughs> mark that down as the day that you placed your trust in Christ. And the other piece of this, I just want to just talk about this for a moment, and, and that's, that's this part of how do you grow closer to God? How do you do that? You know, so oftentimes you find that people who are Christian, who make that first confession, they, they struggle with that. How do they stay, keep going in the right direction? How do they make sure that their connection with God is steady and firm? And, and it's really simple when you read Paul's words. He says, just start over again. Go back to the cross. Go back to remembering what God has done for you. The easiest way forward, the easiest way to, to stay in the right direction is just to keep on getting nearer and nearer to the cross, stepping nearer to it and saying, I want to trust more and more in what God alone can do for me. That I'm not looking for 13 easy steps to fix my marriage or whatever the case might be, but to simply say that I want every day to be a close walk with Jesus Christ. And some of you have got some things that you are refusing to let go of. Some of you have got some things that you're refusing to be obedient about and, and you're struggling with. And I would just say to, to take that to the cross today, just to trust Him with that, whatever it might be, whatever it is you're struggling with, whatever it is that your hurt is, just bring that to Him and grow closer to Him each and every day. So that is how we find a firm foundation. That is also how we grow closer to Christ, that we let Him become the deep well that we draw from, that we don't go looking for other sources, we don't go exploring other opportunities, but we say, this is the one that I trust my life to. This is the one that I want to follow. This is the one that's going to bring me to the safety and the shore of salvation. He is the one alone who can wash away my sins. He alone is the one that can bring about my redemption, that He alone is the Savior of the world. Brothers and sisters, our world is not getting saved by more laws. It is not being saved by our government. It is not even being saved, believe this or not, it is not being saved by us looking at our lives and saying, it ain't that bad. Our world is going to be saved alone by Jesus Christ. That is why our church is so important. That is why it is so essential that you and I make Him the foundation of our life and that we follow Him the rest of our days. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I have shared your word with these people. I've done my best to make it clear, and it is this, this point that I need to step aside and trust in what you can do. 
I pray, Lord, that you will speak into the hearts of all those that have gathered here today. Remind them of your steadfast love for each of them. Tell them no matter what it is in the past that has happened, that you alone are their God and their salvation. And Lord, help us leave here today resolved that we are going to follow you more closely, that you are the one who can lead us out of our problems and through our struggles and into a new life that you alone can bring about. Help us to turn to you daily. All these things we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. This has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com.